Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, taking the pulse of educators from all over the globe and bringing what you need every week. When you need answers, you go to the experts. Created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm thrilled to have your support. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I encourage you to share how you're doing and ask others around you how they're doing. During these challenging times, I'm constantly reminded of the importance of looking after each other, to check in, or just to ask how you're going and are you okay. Look after each other out there. Thank you for sharing as always and check out the social streams for more. This week, I wanted to ask about the elements of professional learning that make a difference. I've been having multiple conversations online about this and interested to hear your thoughts. What works and what doesn't work in your experience? And what is your ideal learning experience as an adult? Please share with me via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meetings that I have worked in is Equity Maps. Equity Maps is an iPad app that enables teachers to track small or large group conversations to produce data about their students' behaviours. I've seen Equity Maps used in classrooms and it's been a game changer. It provides opportunities to effortlessly trace and assess your students' interaction, performance and involvement. I've seen it used in class discussions, Socratic seminars, lit circles, spiderweb discussions and everywhere else where students and colleagues collaborate. Seeing the equity of discussions and collaborations in a class is hard to track and Equity Maps does all of that for you. I highly recommend that you take a look at equitymaps.com. The link is in the description below. Last week, we talked about resilience. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about professional learning, the things that work and the things that don't work in our experience. After a conversation starter by Andrew Mowat at ANMowat on Twitter, dozens of people from all over the world contributed their ideas about ideal professional learning experiences. The problems that many of you identified were that professional learning is not personalized for all learners. We always try to make it a one-size-fits-all model. That differentiated instruction is often limited. That professional learning very rarely prepares us for supporting the sustainable development goals and bringing them to life. That there's very little engagement processes for adult learners. Or that professional learning is not effectively delivered. And that it's not sustained over time. There's no community of practice that transforms learning. When we think about the common themes above, and we struggle to find a place for this to happen, we need to be more thoughtful about developing professional learning practices, especially as many of you in the Northern Hemisphere look to start your new school years. Individualized instructional coaching is more purposeful and results-oriented, and should always be our aim. That's where edusparkworld comes in. 
At EduSpark, we don't just bring together the best educators, leaders, and thought leaders in the world, but we provide a system and a process to change the way professional learning exists. We provide opportunities for you to personalize your learning experience, eliminating a one-size-fits-all model. We differentiate instruction to suit your needs with 60-plus courses and growing at launch in just one week across nine different learning areas, from edtech and innovation to literacy, numeracy, inquiry, leadership, diversity, equity, inclusion, justice, well-being, and the list goes on. We support the global SDGs with learning experiences that explicitly support skill development and sustainable practices in schools. In addition, we have engaging practitioners, leading learning, features that keep you engaged and wanting to learn more, and we give you data insights that can transform learning as an individual or as a school. The best feature, in my opinion, is our community of practice that closes the loop on learning by providing a facility for people to connect, engage, share, learn, grow, and develop together, all within one very easy to use platform. We use the three principles of impactful PD to transform your learning experience. Number one, we make flexible learning a priority. Number two, we ensure accessibility for all. And number three, we foster connections between learners and a powerful community of practice. Follow along using the links in the podcast notes below. Sign up at eduspark.world and be sure to enter this week's competition, which I'm going to talk about later in this episode, to win yourself a seat at eduspark.world, launching in just one week. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Please reach out with your ideas and thoughts. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with the incredible Mary Alice Curran. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Mary Alice Curran, who you may know is at MBFXC on Twitter with over 11,000 followers. Mary Alice and I have been connected online for many years, and she's an incredibly positive and powerful leader and learner, and someone I value. She's a global connector and the person behind the DigiSit Institute, the DigiSit Summit, and DigiSit Kids. Mary Alice is a pioneer in digital citizenship and is the founder and executive director of the Digital Citizenship Institute. She served as an associate professor, middle school teacher, principal, and library media specialist. She co-authored DigiSit Kids, Lessons Learning Side-by-Side to Empower Others Around the World with her son and works with school communities around the world to create positive and powerful shifts in how we engage online. Mary Alice, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Oh, Craig, any opportunity to to have these types of conversations with you. I'm so happy to be here and I am ready. Uh, Awesome. I'm so excited for this. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Okay. Well, Craig, I mean, we go, I just feel like way back, just you and I in this journey for digital citizenship, when in fact, it, we go so far back that it wasn't really um, a buzzword back then. And so when I first met you and we started, we were really doing this journey together alongside each other. 
Um, I was a faculty member in a school of education working with um, teacher candidates, both at the undergraduate and graduate level. And then since then, my, which is now I've, I've transitioned to my current role, which is really leading um, through the Digital Citizenship Institute as we put on um, summits, digit summits around the world, that the current work really it, is, is working with school communities around how to use technology for good. And I've actually tried to backstep from the term digital citizenship because when we were early adopters, we were we were in this great space, but it, in many ways, I feel like the term has been hijacked, and it means so. It's been so broad. It means so many different things to so many different people. And uh, what we do at the Digital Citizenship Institute is, when we work with school communities, it has to be personalized. This approach around technology. So we meet you where you are, and we help move you forward. And instead of having that really reactive approach, that scare approach that's telling you what not to do, don't do this, a long list of of don'ts. We're really proactive and we're focused on not just what should be happening in the classroom, but at home, at play and at work. So it's really got that community approach to intergenerational learning. That's so cool. It's it's awesome to hear that come out of your mouth as well, because it's been an exciting journey for you. You know, I, I class you as being you know, the force to be reckoned with in the field of digital citizenship. You're truly doing amazing things. Tell us a little bit more about your DigiSit Institute and DigiSit Kids and, of course, your DigiSit Summit as well. Okay, so all of this work really started as a faculty member um, when I was at the University of St. Joe's working with undergraduate and graduate students. And after 10 years, I realized that, you know, I broke down those university walls for connected learning opportunities. And that's when you and I first met. And when I really began the beginning of my own digital citizenship journey. But after 10 years, I realized, you know, in higher education, sometimes there's, you know, I I was promoted to associate professor with tenure, which is the golden ticket in higher education. But making that step up meant that I was going to, I was going to have my hands behind my back in being able to really be a change maker. And so I took this huge risk and I, I said, I need, I need a larger, like my classroom is the world. Like I have, I have a responsibility beyond these university walls and this university campus. And so this work that I'm doing, it's really looking at not just that stand and deliver type of assembly approach to professional development, but it's ongoing professional learning experiences, not just with classroom teachers and students, but with parents and caregivers. And, you know, if the school community is connected to an after school program, or there's the local public library or a senior center, how do we get all stakeholders to be at the same table to have a voice to solve real problems and create solutions. So I guess to answer that, it's really about being that guide on the side, being that facilitator to help school communities move forward in a really proactive way. And so the summits are just, you know, learning experiences for the community to learn together. And then Ditch Sit Kids really started, um, you know, as my story, not just professionally, but personally as a mother, while I was doing this professional work as a professor, I was a relatively new mother and I was practicing what I preached, you know, learning side by side with my son. And that's where Dig Sit Kids started because my son at the time, I want to say he was probably in the third grade. He was like, mom, 
why are adults, why do adults talk about student voice? They all talk about how important it is. Why aren't students talking about it? Why, why aren't students inspiring and empowering other students to use technology for good? So all of, all of the different, I feel like facets, different levels, we're all working in conjunction to really help school communities become, you know, a force for good online. Uh, that's amazing to hear that as well. You know, the work that you've done, it's like you explained earlier on, I'm still trying to get my head around it, how far it's come um, to the point where you're at today. Because in addition to all of this that you've talked about, you're also a published author and I don't know how you find time to do it. Tell us a little bit about your books and why we should be reading them. Okay. Well, the book is called Dig Sick Kids. And so I, I'm very proud that I'm my I co-author alongside my son and uh, as well as other contributing authors. And so the book is really um, intended to be um, their vignettes, their stories literally around the world. We tell our mother and son story um, and our mother and son story really is about if I look back to my own childhood, you know, we had a neighborhood watch. This is all way before technology. And if, you know, there was a plan in place, you know, in, in our family, and, I, and I'm sure families around the world, like if anything ever happens, who are those people? Let's identify those people. Let's have a plan. If something happens, who do you go to? And so we took that idea of that neighborhood watch and we, you know, we upgraded it to this virtual um, online neighborhood watch because that's exactly what we need you know, plans, not just in the classroom, but at home. And so we tell our story about learning side by side because, you know, at the time my son was under 13 and you're not supposed to be on Twitter. There's, you know, you're supposed to be 13 on many of these platforms, but instead of waiting until he was 13, you know, we made that decision, whether you want to call it like driver's ed, or I even like to go back further and think about like riding a bike, someone's holding the back of your seat as you're figuring out how to balance. I mean, we were doing this side by side so that when he does become 13, he's already had all of those road hours, practice hours um, about not just using technology for those social components, but really that you're using technology in very meaningful and deliberate ways, you know, back down to using technology for good to, to solve real problems. And so we tell our story, but we asked authors, we asked other people around the world to tell their story on how they use technology for good, how they learn side by side. And honestly, the book itself is really intended to be this reminder that you know, that collective we, that there's more things that make us the same than make us different. And when you hear these stories from around the world, it's intended to inspire, oh, I do something similar. or Oh, I didn't think about blogging with my child or my teen. Or, you know, I can tell you Michael Dresick has a wonderful um, chapter in there about using Minecraft and in the classroom as well. So it's intended that community approach, not just for parents, not just for educators, but for an entire school community. And in many ways, I have to add, it's kind of like they're vignettes, but it's meant also as a roadmap so that you can start your own plan at home or in the classroom. And then hopefully the parents realize, oh, this isn't just about what my, you know, my child or my teen is doing. I have a responsibility when I go to my place of work. So again, that whole community approach. Brilliant. And we'll make sure that the link to that is in the podcast notes below as well, because it is a powerful resource that more people around the world need to get their hands on. 
Let's jump into some quick fire questions. The first thing that comes to your head and a little why as to why you've said that. Let's go. What's your one word for 2021? Oh, I think I got to go with upside down. I think that, I don't know, upside down is probably two words, but I'm going to, I'm going to smash them together only because this has been such a year of um, obstacles that we, we've all had to collectively learn how to pivot around. Just another reminder, I feel like that it, it goes back to that collective we, that, that what we have collectively experienced as an entire world this particular year, both 2020 and 2021. And what's your favorite EdTech book or resource? A favorite EdTech? You know, I just wrote the foreword for um, Jamie Donnelly's new book um, on AR, VR, and EDU, but I really love her book because the focus is about accessibility and inclusion. And I'm not saying it's my favorite book because I wrote the foreword, but one thing that I've learned, and if I, I'm going to tie back about the one word for 2021 is that this awareness about as content providers and content creators, um, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that accessibility and inclusion is really now in the forefront. Everybody's talking about it. So I'd, I'd have to add Jamie Donnelly's book. What is your go-to EdTech tool that the listeners need to try? Okay. Well, I love, I actually love Bunsy, um, for creative storytelling. And I feel like I go into a Zen moment when I use Bunsy. I'm not artistically inclined, but it is like, it just makes me, I'm in a very, I'm in a, a creative space when I use Bunsy, but I love Wakelet. I absolutely adore Wakelet, um, curating collections and, you know, Twitter, I'm not as active about Twitter chats. Like I, I used to be, especially in those early days when I first met you, Craig, but uh, Twitter still has to be the one place that, you know, for that professional learning network that the PLN, but also that PLF for the family, because it's really become that I would say I, I, I probably couldn't live without, without those probably three tools. Yeah, and we'll make sure the links to all of those are in the podcast notes below as well. Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram for your own learning and why? Okay, well, definitely Twitter. I mean, I just the the network of people, and it's that reminder that, you know, the human being across the screen and, you know, the people that I have met along the way, and I might not in you know, engage on a regular, you know, everyday basis. A lot of time can go by, but when you finally get to meet your PLN in person, it's like a family reunion. What is one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy, progress, and succeed in your career? I have to say to unplug is probably the best thing for me personally and to be very present. And so that goes along with just being a good digital citizen. But the idea that when you are present with other people, that whether that device is you've got notifications on or it's ringing or what have you, that nothing would break eye contact. So I feel like unplugging is really important to me. And if you were to have any job in the world, what would it be and why? Oh, well, you know, I always wanted to be um, Hello, Dolly. That was like the first, I feel like it was a musical I saw. I always wanted to be an actress. I can't sing. I can't carry a tune, but <laughs> I, I just love everything about it. I love going to the movies, actually. The idea of like 
And I've missed that during the pandemic. I love the experience of going to a movie theater and like to watch something with complete strangers and, you know, you react together. And I don't know, it's, it's, it goes back to probably my interest in, in being uh, present and in community. I, I love movie theaters. I love the movies. So that would be my career. Oh yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. What's your favorite education focused quote? Dare to do what you dream. Search your heart to know what you most desire to do, then do it. For you can become by perseverance what you long to be. That's amazing. It's a very, very cool quote. We'll make sure that's in the notes as well. You know, you've shared so much with us in our short chat, Mary Alice, that I I know the listeners are going to want to follow and connect with you. What's the best way for them to do that? Okay, so I have all those crazy initials. And, um, so that M B F X C, those are all, those are literally my initials. Um, Mary Alice, Bridget, Francis, Xavier Curran. So you could always find me for on Twitter, um, at M B F X C. Another is, um, the digsitinstitute.com or just, so it's D I G C I T Institute or the shortened digital citizenship, digsit summit or digsit kids. Um, but, MBFXC will will always get you directly to me. Amazing. Mary Alice, thank you so much for your time today. Inspirational as always. Oh, well, thank you so much, Craig. And it's so nice to, you know, I feel like we just got to go uh, connect some dots and go back and it's a nice walk down memory lane. And so thank you for having me. Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. Next week, join me for episode 59 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by the amazing Todd Whitaker. One of the things I love doing is giving away prizes as a thank you for tuning in, listening, and hopefully following the Ignite EdTech podcast. Last week, I gave away the first ever seat in the EduSpark learning portal. You can follow us on all social media and by registering for updates at eduspark.world. You're not going to want to miss this one. To win, you needed to complete the form at bit.ly slash edtechwin. The winner has already been contacted directly by me, and it is Ayush Matur. Congratulations, Ayush. This week, I'm giving away another seat in the EduSpark Professional Learning Portal, valued at $200 for one year of unlimited learning at eduspark.world an incredible prize and a custom-built platform packed full of high-quality leaders, educators, and thought leaders from every corner of the globe. The ability to connect and engage in communities of practice and the chance for schools to build their own courses, collecting data, and informing next steps in learning at no additional cost. Don't miss getting your name in the hat to win this one. To win this prize, you need to go to bit.ly slash edtechwin and complete the simple form. It takes you less than a minute to do. The link is in the description below. Competition closes on Wednesday the 11th of August, and the winner will be contacted directly by me and announced on next Friday's podcast episode. Good luck. If you enjoyed today's episode, please, please, please smash that follow button and share it with your colleagues, friends, and families. Please remember to spend two minutes to rate this podcast too so we can reach even more people and edtech enthusiasts globally. Please share your favorite part of today's episode by tagging us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And don't hesitate to ask me questions that I can answer in an upcoming episode. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more, and I'll see you again next week.
If you like today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.